The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. To understand the transfiguration, we need to understand what happened to Jesus just before the transfiguration. The Bible tells us that Jesus was like us in all things but sin. And if that's true, then like us, Jesus had to only gradually, only slowly begin to understand his own identity and his own mission from God the Father. Only slowly did he come to see that he was the Christ, the Messiah. It didn't come instantly. It came slowly, just like it comes for you and me. For a long time, Jesus performed miracles. He healed people. He consoled people. And he taught lessons. He gave parables. But slowly he began to see that perhaps he indeed was the Christ, that Jesus himself was the Christ. And he, he knew what that meant. He knew that being the Christ meant that he would have to die for the people of God, that he would have to go to the cross and die. Only slowly did he gradually learn this. And just before the transfiguration, he goes to Caesarea Philippi, which is a bit outside of the core of Israel, and he asks his friends, the disciples, the apostles, the ones who knew him best, he says, who do you say that I am? Who do they say that I am? Who do the people say that I am? He's beginning to accept his mission 
and his identity as the Christ, the suffering servant who would have to die on the cross. And the apostles answer, well, some people say you're Elijah. Some people will say you're John the Baptist. Some people will say you're a prophet. Jesus had an out. He had a way to escape this terrible fate that he had of dying on the cross. He could say, well, I'm a prophet. Okay, I can handle that. That's no problem. But then he asked the fateful question to his close friends who knew him better than anyone. He said, who do you say that I am? And that's when Peter said, you are the Christ. Peter didn't know what he was saying. Peter thought that being the Christ, the Messiah, would be that he would be this earthly glorious king, this political leader with this great amount of power that would be a revolution in the country. And they would throw off the Romans and they would become this powerful kingdom again. That's what Peter thought when he said, you are the Christ. But Jesus knew what it meant. And when he heard Peter's words, you are the Christ, it must have cut through him like a knife because he knew that the Christ would have to die, would have to suffer and die. And when Peter said this, he knew it could not be denied any longer, that it was time for him to take on the mission from God the Father. Only then did he begin to speak about the Son of Man have to, having to suffer and die, to be arrested, tortured, die, and rise again. Only after Peter made that statement did he begin to speak that way. So this is the crucial moment when he accepts his mission and his identity. In Luke's gospel, right after the transfiguration, it says, Jesus set his face like flint towards Jerusalem. He set his face to Jerusalem. Once he accepted it, he went straight forward. He embraced his mission. But just before that, he climbed this lonely mountain. He had to go up a lonely mountain and speak to his father in an intimate and quiet and, and exclusive way, an intimate way with God the Father. I think he needed both an assurance and an affirmation of his acceptance of his identity, and he also needed strength from God. He needed God to infuse him with the Spirit so that he can have the strength to do what he was called to do. So he climbed up that lonely mountain, and indeed he found God the Father there, who both affirmed his, his mission and also gave him the strength that he needed to go and set his face like flint towards Jerusalem. He needed to climb that lonely mountain. And so I ask you, do you want to hear from God? Do you need to know that God is affirming you in the direction your life is going in? Do you need God to give you strength to do the difficult parts of your life? If you do, then you need to climb the lonely mountain yourself. If you haven't heard from God in a while, Perhaps it's because you haven't climbed the lonely mountain. You haven't gone and spent intimate, alone time with God the Father. Why was Moses and Elijah showing up at the transfiguration right beside Jesus? Because Moses and Elijah had exactly the same experience. Moses had taken the Israelites away from Egypt and into the desert, but now they were lost 
For years and years and years, they were just lost, wandering around the desert of Sinai. So Moses climbed up a lonely mountain, Mount Sinai, and he came down with the Ten Commandments that we still follow today. Elijah, Elijah was confronting the queen for worshiping other gods. And the queen got so enraged that she sent assassins to kill Elijah. And Elijah had to flee. He ran. But he ran and climbed up his own lonely mountain, Mount Horeb. And there it says in 1 Kings that he heard the voice of God in a quiet rustling sound. God assured him that he was doing the right thing and that God would be with him. These three men, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, they all heard God on a lonely mountain. They all received the grace that they needed to do their difficult missions on that lonely mountain. And Jesus was teaching Peter that this is how you do it. Because the other thing that Jesus said right after Peter said, you are the Christ, he said, I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem and get myself killed. And he said, and you too are going to have to bear a cross. That must have cut through Peter like a knife. And Jesus was trying to teach Peter, come, this is what you do when you hear bad news. You climb up a lonely mountain. And Peter received this vision of the transfiguration. And he too received the strength that he needed to do in order to fulfill his own mission. But climbing a lonely mountain is a difficult thing. It's hard for us to pay attention to God who is so silent. It's hard for us to sit still and pay attention to a silent God. Just recently I heard that a psychologist did research and proved that young people who have grown up with these little screens, with the iPhone and the iPad and one one screen after another, young people have been tested and have been shown to have a an attention span that is one minute longer than a goldfish. The attention span of young people is one minute longer than a goldfish. Meanwhile, in the 17th century, the the spiritual Catholic philosopher Blaise Pascal said that all of humanity's problems come down to man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. If that was true in the 17th century, how much more true is it now for you and me in the the 21st century when our world is so chaotic and so many things are coming at us at one time and our attention span is shrinking all the while? It's difficult to climb the lonely mountain and that's why we have Lent. Lent is the time when we recommit ourselves to do this difficult thing. You and I, we all have a mission from God the Father. God wants you to do something important and probably difficult at times. And if you need the assurance from God and if you need extra strength from the Holy Spirit, then you're going to have to find your own lonely mountain. You're going to have to go somewhere alone and be with your father and hear from your father himself what your mission is and that he will be with you through it all. So where is it? Where's your lonely mountain? Is it the Archdiocese Spirituality Center in Metairie? Is it it Manresa Retreat House? Is it the Adoration Chapel 
just a block from here? Is it a lawn chair in your backyard? Where's your lonely mountain? Go there. Go there and you'll find God there. And God will assure you and fill you with his spirit so that you will have the strength to fulfill your mission in life. 